0: This is the best of two pros in a couple Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Well, this didn't take long. Uh, you know, we were uh, just happened to have a conversation uh, yesterday about uh, the future in New Orleans. Uh, what is it going to look like? Uh, there yeah. were some reports that Sean Payton was nowhere to be seen or heard from. Uh, Gail Benson uh, laughed her way through a comment saying, "Well, we'll find out soon what his plans are." And uh, Such an awkward laugh yeah. by the way.
2: And then uh, do, Sean do we have Payton that sound again. I, I we I'm not that? even
1: sure. I'm not even sure. They might have just uh, deleted that from the system all the way through. I, just. I, I just lately. want to
2: play it because now after the fact, it has like a different feel to it. It's one of those things that when I first heard it, I was like, oh, it's just Gail Benson. She owns an NFL team and maybe her head coach isn't going to be there. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, who knows? It's kind of one of those, oh, I'm, I'm so rich. It doesn't matter. And now after the fact, it sounded like almost frantic feelings of, oh, my gosh, please, Sean, don't leave i'm going crazy right now if he does because i have to go through an interview hiring process and i don't want to do that like
1: we do have the sound so let's uh, let's hear you so this is uh this is gail benson Uh, now this could work for one of two things either one somebody stressed out about the stock of cryptocurrency or two somebody worried about whether or not they're going to need a new head coach with uh, eight other openings
0: you know sean we don't know you know who knows <laughs> we'll find out soon enough i guess <laughs> i don't think any of us know but he'll okay. let us know soon enough <laughs> well he did He yeah, was that, a lion doesn't that hit a little different now
2: like <laughs> yesterday we listened to it and you're going oh yeah it's like they've got that sort of relationship And no oh, he's he's my uh he's my third son he's a little bit of a rascal <laughs> you know like he just does what he wants and you know he's the third child coming along so we kind of just let it happen now you're like oh god that was like sheer panic like she's I- <laughs> she realized what was in front of her and now i mean she did tell truths
1: i mean you know he did yeah. let him know soon enough uh, i don't know that everybody expected it to be this soon but man they were ready to rock yesterday uh, sean payton uh, press conference ready to go uh, it was a mere couple hours after we uh, discussed uh, you know does this seem like a real threat does this seem like sean payton would walk away and here was the now former saints head coach talking about the decision
2: we get comfortable in our jobs, we get comfortable in our relationships, we get comfortable. You don't want to have a regret relative to another challenge or a- another. And so retirement, I don't think is the right word today. I felt the time was right for me. I felt the time was right and it's something that I, I, I've been thinking about. Forget football, there's other things. I looked at it as an opportunity also to, to see my kids more, to travel some more, to, to get in better shape.
1: You know, it's amazing how you all of a sudden want to get in better shape and travel more uh, when you've got an awful quarterback situation. <laughs> I don't
2: know what that is. What is that? Is that like a New Year's thing? Or First is that? Off, uh... I'm not going to call it that. Those are your words, not mine. <laughs> let I'm... me just say. Let me just say this. It's interesting. He brings up a number of points. He talks about being better health. Like I was talking about this with someone yesterday when the news was announced, and. I guess it was something that people around him and people had kind of noted or said a number of times, and he even acknowledged. Was just he feels like he's out of shape. He feels like he's in a bad spot. at you know physically and and mentally, maybe he just needed a break because of everything they've gone through the past couple of years. And, and I'm not and look, I'm not trying to make this a political discussion, but with how the NFL has operated and other leagues as well, as we've seen, kind of a passing of some of the all-time greats, you know, Coach K looking to step down, too, in basketball. There's been some coaches who have acknowledged and admitted that the past couple years have been rough. I mean, abiding by the, the protocols and everything else that comes along with it and, and, and all the, the things and how it can impact your team, your chances of winning, and all of that. You don't know who's going to be on your roster from week to week or and, day to and, day sometimes. And not having dealt with that. Like before, until basically coming into this year, like we haven't really seen anything like that as far as how it's impacted the league. And so dealing with something similar to this, it, it's been exhausting. It's been wearing. And this is you know coming off an organization or a franchise that had a ton of success when Drew Brees was there, and now he's not there. And really, if you look at the last couple of years, Drew Brees was there, he was banged up. You know they were going through whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Simeon, obviously Ian Book started the game. I mean, it was, you know, Jameis Winston. Like like this past year dealing without Drew Brees, it's just this constant revolving door. And I think at at times with all that mounting up, he got tired of it. And he's like, I'm just going to take a break for right now. I think there's a lot of people who feel like they're in that position. And there's a lot of people throughout, you know, COVID who have changed jobs who've looked to try to work remotely to try to take a break and get away from all the stress and everything else that's mounted on them in their personal life. I, I think this is that kind of added to it. It's maybe one of the first examples – or one of the few examples we have, but in the coaching industry, where someone just said, "Yeah, I need a break for right now." With the way the past couple of years, has been
1: well, going. I think it was uh, Bruce Arians um, talked about when he was at Temple. When he, I think this was when he was at Temple. He, he just he was so stressed out and he was so worn down by the whole gig that he just promised himself if he was ever going to take another gig to be a head coach. And it was a long time before he was a head coach again because he was always a lifelong assistant. He was like, "I'm going to have strict rules. I'm going to tell my assistants." no sleeping on the cot in the office, no, uh, you know, no missing a kid's birthday or recital. If you do, you're fired because this job wears you out and grinds on you, and and Sean Payton's been doing this a long time. They've also had a lot of stressful, stressful playoff losses, whether you want to talk about the NFC oh title game, the Minneapolis miracle that you and I were on the air for.
2: Uh, Dude, in they which, lost an overtime to yes, Minnesota on, on yes. the, the touchdown that was a controversial call with Kyle Rudolph.
1: And, and I don't know how you, how you quantify that, but uh, something tells tells me that those losses might have taken a, a couple of years off his coaching life, just just the way that stuff went down. And then so much so that he ended up wearing the uh, Roger Goodell uh, Barstool Sports clown the shirt for
2: uh, a <laughs> whole week I, afterwards. I, again, I'm not going to peel back the curtain too much, but um, they've also been, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, they've been at the bottom of the league for like a few years of opponents Having penalties called, like you know, their opponents having penalties called throughout games, and it, there was a study that was done, and because everyone's kind of you know look at the officiating and the inconsistencies, but the one constant was, for whatever reason, the Saints always get more penalties called against them than their opponents, and there's a thought that there is something going on behind the scenes. With the Saints and the NFL and Roger Goodell with that particular NFC Championship game moment and how they handled that. And ever since then, there's just this kind of behind the scenes war between those two. I mean, there's
1: no coincidence he wanted off the competition committee this year. He said, I'm out. Like, there's no like there's no point. like why, why am I even a part of this? And, and he talked about it and he was trying to be as, as respectful as possible. And I think he even said something along the lines of, you know I'm not trying to get fined here, but uh, I just you know I feel like you know it's time to just get some new people involved, maybe get some new people involved because he, he just got frustrated with how uh, things are being called and what was happening uh, when it comes to officiating and as we've seen it play out. But I know here, here's the great thing though, you being such a quality person, Brady Quinn, because you're such a good guy, And because you're so well-liked and well-respected, you've not ever once come down on the officials via social media. Not once. Not on Twitter. Not anything. You've never been hard on the officials like Sean Payton on on Twitter, which I appreciate about you. Just being the kind-hearted soul soul that you are.
2: So I appreciate that. Given that it's hump day, I do feel like I should probably be honest about a couple things. What's that? I I have repeatedly this season tweeted at uh, NFL officiating, which is their official (laughs) account. And I have yet to get any sort of response from them. (laughs) Why do you think that is? Well, I I think maybe that they would like to acknowledge (laughs) the disaster that is the officiating in the NFL and for a billion-dollar industry that they, for some reason, don't want to acknowledge that they've got an issue with how they go about officiating. And you don't have to take my word for it because you're right. I'm not an expert in any fashion or form and when it comes to you know, regulating games or, or you know, calling penalties officiating games. But Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira are, and I listen to their videos every week. And it <laughs> seems like sometimes some weeks that video continues to grow and grow and grow. And Dean and I have some side conversations where it's just like, what are you doing? It's not that complicated. There's easier fixes than this. So again, I don't want to get off on a tangent with you know, Sean Payton and and, and why he's not there. The reality is he's now not the the head coach of the saints. They've got cap issues. As you noted, they have uncertainty at the quarterback spot, or let's just say Taysom Hill is, is at least under contract and slated to be the guy. And if he plays enough, he's going to get paid a lot of money to be the guy. And then you've got an aging roster in a division that, you know, unless Tom Brady retires, you're playing second fiddle. So, all those are, are sitting out there for you. And I got to be honest with you, that's not that enticing of a job. It really isn't. I mean, they, they had their run a while back. Yep. And, you know, even over the last few years, you could say, okay, they've had some unluckiness in the playoffs. But this is not, to me, one of the top jobs as far as a head coaching vacancy.
1: It's one of those windows that closed without actually ever uh, getting through the window. Like, they try to climb through, like, all right, we're, we're coast is clear. And then all of a sudden the NFC title game happened, the Minneapolis Miracle, uh, uh, the Kyle Rudolph, quote unquote, uh, push off uh, in overtime uh, that we discussed. And it just feels like uh, it's run its course. And now the, you uh, turn things over and, and head
2: the, in the second direction. Tom Brady joined Tampa. And they beat the Saints in the playoffs. It was over. There, there was no more window. Drew Brees was done. That was it. that, yeah. that was it. Like that was that window had officially closed. At least in my mind. And and now it's, it, I'm telling you, it's going to be. I'll be interested to see what happens next year. Because if Tom Brady does retire, you kind of look at Carolina with the way their defense finished the season, and you look at Atlanta. If Matt Ryan was to say offensively, they've got still the, some ability. And you're like, dude, anyone could win that division. I mean, it kind of goes back to what it was, you know, maybe in the early, you know, mid, mid, you know. I guess I'd say earlier 2000s and then to kind of like at, you know 2010 to what 2016. Even yeah, Carolina had their run for a while. Well,
1: there's, I mean, they got three teams in the playoffs uh, not long ago. I think that was what 2016 or 2017. Yeah. It might have been. They got three teams in. So it's been a competitive division for a while. And look, it, hell of a run for Sean Payton. I mean, he got a Super Bowl yeah. there. Um, d- took that organization to, to heights they would never been at before. And and you know, great run, uh, great job. And we can speculate uh, later on. We've got some uh, Sean Payton on uh, the potential. Future, but uh, feels like it's a slam dunk.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar errington and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio Radio app.
1: If you are uh, very sensitive to certain issues uh, in the world of sports and beyond. Um, this probably isn't going to go well for you over the next several
2: minutes. Um, no, 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 <laughs> so, I mean, no. I mean, I would say, in general, if you're just sensitive, it's not going to go yes. well for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so away we go. Aaron Rodgers uh, appeared. Sensitive to getting jacked, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers appeared on the uh, Pat McAfee show with uh, with Pat and um, AJ Hawk. And, um, you know, he, uh, he obviously first uh, public appearance outside of the postgame uh, comments uh, since the Packers loss to the 49ers uh, which by the way tip of a cap thank you to the Green Bay Packers for that Uh, that was the one loss in my four-leg parlay appreciate it though thank you thank you so much appreciate that opportunity to win big money but uh, apparently uh, minus five and a half was way too much with that special teams unit but uh, never mind all that Uh, he um, you know he he talked with the guys about his situation, and why he felt like so many people were celebrating the loss of the Green Bay Packers. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the sound for you here. This was Aaron Rodgers' response. And then I have a fun little game show on the other side of this sound for Brady Quinn here. A Little multiple choice game. Uh, So let's go ahead and hear Aaron Rodgers uh, explain why he thinks people were so happy they lost.
0: There were a ton of people tuning in, rooting against us for one reason and one reason only. It's because of, you know, my vaccination status. And them wanting to see us lose so they could pile on and and enjoy and revel in the fact that, uh, you know, my vaccination status was, you know, some sort of reason why we haven't had success in the playoffs or whatever it might be, some sort of correlation.
1: All right, so Brady Quinn. Uh, it is game show time here on Fox Sports Radio. Always a fun game with Brady Quinn, uh, and we are going to do a multiple choice game here live on the air. Uh, so if you're hanging around, you can play the at home version here. Ooh, um, this is yeah. the uh, this is the game. All right, so Aaron Rodgers said, basically, to sum up his comments on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, that people were happy about the loss of the Green Bay Packers and celebrating it because of his outspoken stance on his vaccination status. All right, so uh, here is the uh, the Question We have for you, and I have an envelope put to the side with Mm. the correct answer inside. So, Brady Quinn, yes, was Aaron Rodgers telling the truth? Your options are A, yes, B, absolutely,
2: C, F, yeah, or D, all of the above. Oh, okay. This is a tough one because I feel like given his personality, it could be any one of the first three. Uh, I'm gonna go with D. All of the above. All right. uh, just depending on the mood, and if he's you know cliff jumping in Hawaii uh, during the offseason, or if he's you know during the season, and he's just on the Pat McAfee show, it could be any one of those. Right, so, so I'm gonna go with D. All of the above. All
1: right. So let's see. Uh, so again, the uh, the question was: Is Aaron Rodgers telling the truth that people were celebrating the Packers' loss because of his vaccination status? Uh, let's uh, open the envelope, Pierre, live on the air. That is correct. Brady Quinn, you have won. <laughs> Was Aaron Rodgers telling the truth on the Pat McAfee show, game show here on FSR? Uh, that is correct. Thank 100% you. correct. Thank you. Congratulations, I, w- I want to thank my parents. I want to
2: thank God. Uh, I want to thank. My 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 little (laughs) league coach who got me started in the first place. (laughs) Thanks, coach. I appreciate you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The uh, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award Heisman Trophy
2: finalist,
1: and he won trophy. By the way, (laughs) it is. Uh, I I wouldn't know. Uh, And he won uh, the. uh, Was Aaron Rodgers telling the truth? Uh, He's absolutely telling the truth. And anybody in denial of this saying, "Oh no, no, he's just playing the victim." No, you're a tool. The coverage of Aaron Rodgers was was uh, was done by a bunch of tools who have an agenda going into this and they were rooting against him and sitting on bad comedy tweets that they had in their drafts folder waiting for them to lose if they were going to lose in the playoffs. 100% he's telling the
2: truth. I, I, I would say this. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was outspoken at all about his vaccination status until he had to be. Remember, he said he was immunized, and then obviously the media was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess no one knows what that means. It's not asked a follow-up question. Right. And then once he ends up being positive and the whole protocol, everything else that came along with it, people were questioning. Then what protocols was he following? as a vaxxed or unvaccinated player which oh by the way uh, did you notice how that doesn't really matter anymore in the nfl <laughs> yeah nobody seems to be just, testing positive yeah, now well, why is well, that well no one seems to be testing positive <laughs> a, along with the fact that um we just the cdc just came out with a report saying basically natural immunity was six times stronger against the delta variant Shh, which is the hey, predominant sh- variant hey,
1: don't say that out loud you're not supposed to say that out loud come
2: on yeah yeah well and, and then that along with everything else that the omicron has led them to believe vax unvaccinated players how they shed the proteins so let's not get into the science of it because it's not going to back those people but he wasn't outspoken until he had to be because the media didn't do their job in the first place and then when people asked him to be honest and open he was honest and open with you he just happened to take a different stance or disagree with you and then that's where you drew this line in the sand and said no he's on that side I'm on this side I, that, that's what we've become in this country like somehow we've gotten to a point where we can't just agree to disagree. One hundred percent. It's like, oh my god! Like you like you like vanilla, I like chocolate. What's wrong with that? Like ice cream's still good. It's just you like a different flavor than I like. Like it's just the whole thing is so so dumb Racing. to me. I agree. I agree. But, that is racist. Racist ice
1: cream take. Well, you well, know. I yeah. I how like dare chocolate. You. All, right.
2: All right. I love chocolate. Right. Um, Shout out Lee. Th- <laughs> Well, you know, Lee, Lee likes Neapolitan. He <laughs> likes to have the multiple flavors in one in yeah. one box. Yeah, yeah. That's what he is. told me, at least. Yeah, a so.
1: little Neapolitan joke on a Wednesday. Yeah. There it yeah. is, Lee.
2: <laughs> um, the, the truth is, he's right, though. There are people who root against him purely because of what became public about his vaccination status. There's, there's beliefs in all of that. And look, right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't know that anyone really cares because he's getting compensated well. He's in the position he's in. And I always felt like when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's kind of part of the paycheck is the criticism that you receive is part of why you're being compensated as much. It's not just the physical talents and what you can do. It's having to handle the pressure, having to handle everything that comes along with that, that is oftentimes... Especially in bad times, receiving flack or receiving, you know, having to deal with people rooting against you. So I, 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 I fully agree. There, are, there is a group of people out there rooting against him that was looking forward to him losing and then saving all this ammunition up for this moment. And there's probably 49ers fans who felt that way. But as we said yesterday, you nerds, because the second he would sign with the San Francisco 49ers, oh you'd be God. celebrating him. Oh, my God. You'd be celebrating him. So stop trying to throw out all these San Francisco in the playoffs, you know, all this, because you would take him in a heartbeat. On your team, on your roster,
1: it, it just. But this goes. All they're doing, the coverage of Aaron Rodgers, all all that's happening is that you're proving him right. Because I remember, so he never, uh, t- from my understanding, he never really had a, a trust to the media. And there no. was there was a story that came out where he was doing a sit down interview with Mina Kimes of ESPN. She does a great job, and they were doing an interview, and she was writing an article, and the first thing he did was you know put his phone on record, start recording, yeah, he, because he wanted to make sure that. That the truth was being told, and nothing got taken out of context. And it was like, okay, well, going into it, that was his opinion of the media because he had probably gotten burned one time or another. the The coverage of of him and his family, like his relationship with his family, which is the most mind boggling thing that that's any of our business. What his situation is like with it with his family, what what his relationship was like with his brother's parents, all that stuff. And so going into it, he always seemed like he had his guard up when it came to the media, and he was very sort of uh, standoffish. And then he starts doing these weekly hits with with A.J. Hawk and Pat McAfee, and they're fantastic. Right. And, and the coverage of him was so biased – and so slanted by the national media that then Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk started getting heat for it. Like, you couldn't go near him because it was like, uh, you know, he was combustible. Like, stay away, guys. Uh, you know, if you're near Aaron Rodgers, everybody's going to get pushback. When we've defended him on this show, we've yeah. gotten pushback from people. So going into it, he had this opinion of the media, and all that they've done is prove him right so far throughout, throughout this season and how the coverage has gone in, in his direction.
2: You and I have talked about this time and time again because it leads to a bigger discussion that players have the power, have the platforms to go ahead and speak out on their own and they don't have to go to an interview with you anymore. And it, I think it frustrates reporters, it frustrates people in the national media because their job becomes obsolete. If I can go on a weekly radio show and say everything that I want to say and I don't have to really deal with the question from people who don't know me or people that I want to have to deal with, you can do that as an athlete now. Yep, You can put out stuff on Twitter or any other social media platform for that matter. And that's what those people who wish they could ask you those questions, those reporters, those writers, that's what they have to go off of. People like us in the radio industry. We then have to you know, speak or talk about the things that were tweeted, the things that were said via something else. And for, for people who have been in the media for a long period of time, the last two decades have probably been a really tough transition for them because it goes from them having a personal relationship with, the, with athletes to really not knowing them at all. And I think that's created a bigger divide in the opinions, meaning when something like this happens with the whole vaccination status and him staying immunized – you know, there's not that personal relationship where someone was like, "Hey, I, I didn't understand this. Can you explain this to me, or what does that mean?" And maybe they would have handled it differently. It wouldn't have been as harsh. That's not the case anymore. People have no personal relationship with them as much, or many athletes for that matter. So they take stronger stances one way or another, knowing they don't have to face the repercussions. Yeah, that's the reality of today's media. And and I just I think it's to your point. It's proven his point. That there are some people who are loaded up who want to be against him purely for something that has nothing to do with football or his play on the football field. And, and furthermore, it adds to the, the fact that it's jealousy. It, it's a bunch of media members who are jealous from the fact that they don't get to have the opportunity to hear from that MVP in back to back years now of the NFL, the biggest sports league in all of sports. Yep. They don't have the ability to control that narrative, to help push out that narrative. He does it himself. And that is something that takes away power from them, that power, as they used to say, of of the pen. Like, that was the one thing as an athlete you always felt like you had to mind your P's and Q's because the media held that over your head. They had the power of the pen. And you felt like if I just handle myself professionally and if I say and do the right things, even in bad moments, they'll treat me with more respect. Maybe it won't have quite as much of a punch to it. But now that's gone. I mean, because there is no pen anymore, man. There's well, no yeah, newspaper. There's nothing.
1: It's too bad. What a bummer. I, I miss the pen. I miss the pencil more. But you know, at least we're not trying to, uh, you know, pull any shenanigans like uh, Matt Patricia. He's got laminate paper, but he's got a pencil behind his ear. What's that? Can you like make a call? The and interesting find out what thing that about is?
2: him and the and the pencil is <clears throat> he used like a basic number two. Yeah. And I was like, at some point in my age, once you had the uh, the pencils, you could load with lead that had the little replaceable yeah. eraser on top. Like you really never went back to a wooden pencil because you know you couldn't replace the eraser. You had to constantly shave it back down. And the ones that you could pump a little bit, just get the lead out. Like you could load that thing up with lead, so you didn't have to worry about shaving your pencil down all the time.
1: And, and the pencil too. What you were just talking about. And right, here's here's right. the thing. Uh, I would say underrated smell. We've talked about WD forty, oh, yeah. gas. Underrated yeah. smell. Say
2: it. Say it. Uh, shaving pencil, pencil shavings. Oh, right? Yeah. Like you open up one you of could those put old that school into a plastic bag, oh, and man. I would just
1: that what a tra- that's not a fart sound. What? what is that, Roberto? Come on, put some respect on the pencil shavings. You guys don't enjoy your own farts sometimes. <laughs> no, listen, man. Uh, this, if they made a cologne for pencil shavings, and let me tell you something, top two, I don't know what the Mount Rushmore is of colognes that haven't been made that need to be made. Maybe that's uh, it's uh, t- <laughs> a Mount Rushmore, chili. top two scents that have not been made into a cologne. Pencil shavings and tennis balls. Brand new Ooh, tennis balls. Yeah,
2: you pop that, oh, yeah. I don't know, whatever gas is in there, it's oh, probably not good for you. It's but probably yeah. not. I
1: used yeah. to smell that a lot when I was a kid. I mean, pr- probably not. I mean, why do you think, uh, you know, Djokovic wasn't allowed to participate in the Australian Open? I, I
2: did have acid. a lot of chili yesterday, so Maybe Roberto was catching on to that.
1: Well, you sure. also said you like Skyline Chili. So once you say that, you're completely uh, yeah, you know, you're, I, I, you're out.
2: I love Skyline Chili. All right,
1: well, listen. So, I, I, you it's know, its own
2: type of chili. Stop yeah, trying to – right. have you even tried it before? Yes, I have. Oh, when did you try uh, it? The great
1: Andy Furman, Fox Sports Radio legend in the Cincinnati, Kentucky area, sent me Skyline Chili in the mail. Not the same. Not uh, the same. Well, listen. Not, that.
2: You have to have it fresh. You have to sit at the counter where they come and they, you watch them pile on all the cheese on top. You have to experience it firsthand, get it hot, fresh, right out of whatever those. You yeah, ever had Tommy's? It's, it's not, not chunky chili enough. Burgers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've had Tommy's. Uh, you, you won't make it home Yeah, if you <laughs> have Tommy's. That's the problem. Tommy's? Yeah, yeah Tommy's. It's a it's uh, like, fam- famous uh, burger chain out here, uh, Tommy's. Oh, she, she and, uh, <laughs> no one's even awake on the West Coast.
2: <laughs> if, 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 you've been, if you've been anywhere out east, you've heard of White Castle. And I remember, like, White Castle, you can get, like, a whole slew Racist. of yeah, Thank you, Roberto. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> come on. That's the name, of the, that's the name yeah, of the place. What like, can it be? Brown Castle. Yeah, 100%. I'm just telling you. Well, yeah. one, I mean, it, it might be hard to see at night. But, yeah, I mean, just... <laughs> but no, the reality, it's called, it's called White Castle. Yeah, little, and little squares, they sell, right? Yeah, the little square, little square burgers. But okay. my dad told me when I was young, he's like, hey, these are the best. You got to go try some. He's like, you know, but, you know, their, their nickname is called the Down and Outs. I'm like – what was that, a football reference? He goes, no. He goes, once they do go down, they're coming out. He goes, so, he goes that bathroom ah. in the restaurant gets a, gets a lot of visitation, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> a little, so, uh, okay.
1: little uh, chopper defecation yeah. joke here uh, he, early on the way. Hey, he was not lying, too. <laughs> like, you eat
2: one of those burgers, you, there better be a bathroom nearby. Or you, oh, you better man. be planning on stopping on the way home.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
2: He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan and We have a brand-new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex
1: you get your podcasts. Brady Quinn, uh, we mentioned uh, all these hundreds of Fox Sports radio affiliates. One of Mm -hmm. them in particular is very happy with you right now. Very happy. Uh, Fox Sports Knoxville, uh, AM 1340, FM 1057. Very pleased that you just went on national radio and said, uh, Lawrence Tynes, former NFL kicker, uh, you can screw off Uh, the Knoxville uh, environment, Tennessee games, much louder uh, to Joe Burrow's point uh, in the SEC than Arrowhead Stadium, so they're very happy with uh with you saying that on the air. So
2: I, I look I, I hate to I hate to break it to people in NFL stadiums and NFL fans. It's just it's a little different, you know? Um there's some tailgating going on, but not to the quite extent where you've got a hundred thousand people versus in some of these NFL stadiums, sixty-five thousand, seventy thousand. I mean it's just it's it's not quite the same. It's just there's a different type of passion to it with college football fans so i hate to admit it to him i do think it's interesting that you have a a kicker way in uh outside of going out on the field to kick you don't have to communicate (laughs) verbally at all and so what we're all of a sudden taking his opinion into Uh... account when you've got quarterbacks (laughs) who are telling you no we have to yell out a cadence we have to yell out to the receivers the running back like it's our entire job is comprised of communication and yet you're going to take a kicker's word for it I mean, he doesn't even say anything to get the snap from the long snap <laughs> into the holder. He just gives him a look, and then the, holder, the holder's the one that is in charge of that. Well, so it's you know. just the whole thing is so stupid while we're giving Lawrence Tynes any credit in this
1: well, well, listen, I mean, you know, he's got, uh, you know, he's got uh, his, his beliefs there. He wants to, wants to protect, uh, you know, his uh, lifetime tickets uh, back to Arrowhead Stadium to go watch games there. So maybe there's something to it, um, even though he spent most of his career at the As Giants. As I said
2: before, it's one of the loudest in the NFL – next to you know CenturyLink or what used to be CenturyLink up in Seattle that's another really loud one and you could go through the other domes there's obviously some domes that that play a, a part in all that too but there's it's it's not quite the same and, as, and, as some of these college
1: And ones. look you could you can ask anybody who's been to either a big time college football it doesn't even have to be a big time college football game just a college football game or an NFL game it's not the same, man. I'm not saying that the, the quality of football is better in college because clearly it's oh, not. it's but not, the, not. the fan experience, everything that goes along with all of that, it's night and day difference between the NFL and college. College, in my mind, I, I've been to multiples at both levels. I think college is by far and away better than the NFL. Yeah.
2: Sorry. It, but- as, as far as the atmosphere, there's no doubt about it. And, and you can't – There's there's no – To me, there's no rebuttal for it, you know, and and again, the football is obviously better at the NFL level from schematic standpoint to obviously the talent level of play, everything, the hits, the speed of it, but... The, the stadium just doesn't have the same type of feel. It doesn't have as much culture to it, as much history, tradition, pageantry, all that stuff behind it. Um, but, but I digress. There, there's, there's something else we got to get to. Yes. There's a bunch of hypocrites out there right now who are waking up this morning feeling pretty good about themselves, yeah. f- feeling like they did right. They by did. a professional
1: sport and yeah. listen you know we're not trying to empower morons here uh, on national radio but it t- from time to time this happens and uh you know first uh, you know first order of business uh, congratulations to fox a colleague of brady quinn david ortiz big poppy is, big a, poppy, is a hall of famer well deserved yeah. uh, gets into the major league baseball hall of fame so congratulations to david ortiz i actually kind of feel bad for david ortiz because unfortunately him getting into the hall of fame is not the story uh, it's the two big names who didn't get into the hall of of Fame most notably Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens their final year uh, on the ballot uh, now they can get in uh, on the um, the veterans committee vote uh, later on but there were some people that were very uh, bothered by the situation uh, it, it is a little confusing uh, what we pick and choose to accept into the Hall of Fame when it comes to baseball and what we don't
2: it's weird how that works I don't you know, know what this it is. is this has been pointed out by others but the job or duty I think of you know, what is the the, the Baseball Writers Association, <laughs> yeah. right? That's who votes. Yes. <clears throat> Seam the, heads. <laughs> the, the point is, as much as you're trying to acknowledge the greatness of these athletes, which, you know, they're doing, being up for it, obviously, acknowledges what their career was, there's also a portion of history with baseball that I think you have to acknowledge. And there went through an era where it was so rampant in terms of PEDs and Major League Baseball looked the other way. This is an opinion. This is fact, okay? After the strike back in the early 90s, and I remember this because I was an avid baseball fan, you had some people who walked away from it. There weren't as many people coming back going to games. It, it wasn't you know, being as appreciated as much as it was before the strike took place. My brother stopped watching.
1: Yeah, diehard Cincinnati Reds fan, and they had good teams uh, in the early '90s. Won a World Series. You stopped watching after that.
2: I grew streak. up going to both. Chris Sabo, man, like yep. the Rex specs. Like I love that. Like he was one of my favorite players growing up. I remember that. What they won in '90, 90, '91. Yeah,
1: '90 they beat the A's. I, I, yeah.
2: I had a little. I had a little booklet that I used to open up with all the players' cards and everything else that I'd collect. I mean, I was an avid fan. But after that, it was it kind of soured things. I mean, I still went to games and all that, but you could tell there it was harder time finding people to go with you. People were turned off by it, and and so what did Major League Baseball do? They allowed what was a problem at that time, which was I guess if you want to call it a problem, performance enhancing drugs to go rampant throughout their league and guys to start smashing balls over the fences to make games more entertaining, scoring go up. You know, that Home Run Derby became one of those must-watch TV events. Like I'll never forget Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa going tit-for-tat back and forth in the Home Run Derby. I'll never forget it. And them doing the coming up and doing that little arm, you know, thing that they used to do all yoked up. Yeah. I, I remember when I was working out, I was like, man, I want to have forearms like Mark McGuire. He's like the real life version of Popeye. And and so they let it happen. They looked the other way when it happened. And now they want to come back and condemn all these guys for really in an era where they needed it most. They helped bring back baseball to a certain degree. It's just it's so hypocritical. I think of, of the Baseball Writers Association and really Major League Baseball too for taking a stance on something that helped essentially like, really resuscitate this in, this entire league. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll go into the hypocrisy more with Major League Baseball. For a league that year in and year out has a margin of error with the way they actually – manufacture their baseballs. In some years, they're tighter. They have more pop to them. The seams aren't as pronounced. And in other years, they're a little softer. They've got higher seams, which leads to (laughs) being better for pitchers and and, and less explosion (laughs) off the bat. I mean, literally, like you can look into this. The manufacturing of baseballs is so off or changes in such a way year to year that it legitimately impacts the game. It impacts hitting and impacts pitching. Just think about what
1: you said. Tom Brady was suspended four games because he deflated air footballs. An entire league is picking and choosing how they want the, the, the most important part of their game, how it's impacting the entire game. Like the the, the entire – none of it makes any sense. It's all hypocritical.
2: It's, it's all hypocritical. And, and that's where I, I look at it and go, come on, man. Like you're missing an opportunity, to I don't care if you put an asterisk next next to their names in the Hall of Fame, they should be in. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Fame player, and and you could make the argument, well, he shouldn't have taken it because he would have been a Hall of Fame you know player anyways. I don't care. I mean, there was there were so many people during that era doing it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we're talking about a time when I first got in the NFL, and it's not like this has really changed. It just flies under the radar. There were guys doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and you knew what was going on, but you know, for me as a quarterback, it's not like it, it really, you know, played a factor into, you know, how it was gonna help my game or even contemplating like you know, something that I needed to do. But it didn't ever really bother me because even in baseball, as much as you want to talk about guys juicing up and trying to find an edge, which the entire sport is about I mean, come on, from stealing signals to now we're worried about what substances we're putting on baseballs, we're cracking down on that. The entire game of baseball is about finding an edge, and yet we want to pick and choose which battles we actually choose to focus on. It's, it's all hypocritical. It, it, the, what the Cubs have done to
1: Sammy Sosa, just in, in that case, uh, for an example, on the hypocrisy, to where the Cubs organization has basically said, well, you know, we need him to come out and acknowledge what he did wrong and apologize. All right. Well, as soon as he does that, will you give back all the millions upon millions of dollars that he made your crummy franchise it, it went, when your organization needed it back in the 90s? Are you going to get back some of that money? Are you going to give back? Are, are the places that made money off Sammy Sosa, uh, places around Wrigley Field going to give back some of the money. It doesn't make any sense. And and my problem is look, if, if you don't want to put guys who did things illegally in baseball into the Hall of Fame cool, but then you got a bunch of guys who acknowledge taking amphetamines. you got a bunch of guys who acknowledge doctoring the baseball. Uh, You you mean to tell me that what the Astros did is considered less cheating than a guy taking PEDs? Which, by the way, for people out there that, that don't know anything about PEDs, it doesn't mean you're going to be a better baseball player. It just means you're going to recover quicker to be able to be available for the next game. And so the idea that you take this magic drug and all of a sudden you hit 700 home runs after the fact... I'd love to find out how many guys took PEDs and only got to double A or only got to AAA. These right. guys you got to be a you got to have the foundation of a great player in order to see the benefits of this stuff. And and the fact that baseball wants to go back now retroactively and punish guys after they made millions upon millions of dollars on the backs of those athletes uh, after taking the PEDs and they look the other way, that's the part that
2: blows my mind. It's crazy. Just to back something up because, you know, Major League and its commissioner Rob Manfred have repeatedly denied rumors that the balls are altered in any way or juiced. For example, I want to make sure people understand, this isn't even my opinion. This is factual, okay? ESPN Sports Science actually commiss- commissioned research at the University of Southern California, their, their Keck School of Medicine, and Kent State's uh, University Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry, okay? And what they did is they x-rayed some baseballs. And this is dating back to, I want to say, like 2017. But they x-rayed baseballs after the 2015 All-Star Game. And what they found that those balls after that 2015 All-Star game that they were able to x-ray, they subtly and consistently differed than older baseballs, all right? The, the research performed by both universities revealed changes in the density and the chemical composition of the baseball's core. And so it provides you a little bit of a glimpse into the, the factor that's producing these baseballs, which is down at Costa Rica, mind you. Uh, I believe it's the Rawlings factor that produces them. You know, there's, there's always going to be, anytime, anytime you produce something, right, a margin of error difference. But there also tends to be a thought that these balls are subtly changed or differ depending on what baseball wants to get out of, you know, whether it's the second half of a season when you play 162 games or a, a new season when they start to go into it. And so this isn't like my opinion. This is factual. Yep. This is what baseball has done. And I think it's why it bothers me so much that – you're taking away one of the all-time, you know, honors of and legacy for some of these players and and you're making it about PEDs, yet they were rampant. Everyone was doing it back then. And, and then you want to, you know, try to try to juice up or do things to help improve your sport in another way, like take your own PEDs for baseballs. It's just The whole thing is so hypocritical, and I can't stand the fact that you know, players unfortunately have to go to the Veterans Committee in order to get in. It, it, it makes me sit there and say, the Baseball Writers Association, for as smart and as long as they've done this, and, and I get their influence on the game, and how you know, they're going to be the ones that ultimately write the history of the game. They don't have perspective. And that's what they've lost track of, is they haven't actually been in the position to play and understand whether or not it provided that individual An advantage. It's also like
1: uh, Lance Armstrong. Look, I'm not. Nobody's advocating you should go do steroids. All right. Nobody's saying, all right, go take steroids. Nobody's saying that. But if we're going to pretend like uh, Major League Baseball had no idea what was happening, it's crazy. It's like with cycling. Lance Armstrong gets vilified as this awful guy, and he did terrible things, and we get all that. And it threw a lot of people under the bus, and and it was not a good look and not a good move by Lance Armstrong. Um, Side note. everybody else was doing PEDs while they were cycling, too. Like, if, yeah. if you went through, at one tour de France, you had to get to the 18th place finisher before you found somebody they thought was probably clean. Like, think about that. So, if, if we're going to say, well, he cheated, uh, none of his records should count. Okay, well then... The fact that he did it in a sport that condoned cheating, or knew that this stuff was happening, or was happening at such a rampant uh, pace—like uh, you, you just—you can't pick and choose which time you want to buy into something and which time you don't want to buy into it. That's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. And baseball's done it for years and years. I don't know that. what
0: cheating is.
1: They, I agree. Listen, <laughs> I agree. By the way, Roberto, uh, who is it that owns Rawlings, the manufacturer of baseball? MLB, Major oh, okay. League Baseball. Oh, okay, very good. Weird, right? Yeah, it's weird how that happens. So, so at least they. Don't have like a vested interest or anything into how this stuff works it's yeah. crazy i mean look in my mind let everybody have like uh you know a little bit of something a little sandpaper in the glove a little cork in the bat you mentioned chris sable a little cork in the bat why not you know let's get I after mean, it a little
2: for, bit we used to try to at a young age to steal signals all the time I mean, that's part of it. Is that considered cheating? They do it in college football. They try to do it at the NFL. Remember Spygate? Yep. That was all about trying to steal signals of, of what the opposite team was trying to do. Yeah, I, I just I mean, think. I just, the whole thing is just, it, again, we it, pick it's and choose. Weird.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it is uh, It is very well, weird. Well, the, the fact that Barry Bonds couldn't throw out C.A. Uh, Bream when he was at second base and Barry Bonds is a left field uh doesn't deserve the hall of fame. Just well, uh, yeah, but I think that that uh, baseball he got, that that baseball that he got uh, had uh, was uh, sandpapered down, so he couldn't get a good yeah. grip on it. So, yeah. I think that's a uh, fair point.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.